0: Hey guys, I'm back. Um, Oh my God. Little intro is that I, yesterday, so there was the football on Sunday, went out with my friends, had a great time, like had such a fun night. And this is why Monday confused me because I get to Monday and I recently, my relationship with alcohol has been so, so good. Like I've actually... Been taking more time off it and like drinking it like in particular occasions. Do you know what I mean? Like, and just knowing my limits. And I wouldn't say I was even particularly like drunk on Sunday in any sort of way. Um, Just like a bit tipsy. But oh my God, Monday hit my anxiety. Okay. And I just wanted to address this because I know a lot of people relate here it was crippling. Like I felt like a shell of myself. Now I wasn't hung over. And I think that was a scary thing. Like I wasn't hung over in myself. Like, you know, I normally have a headache and you feel really nauseous. I had none of that. I just felt so low, catastrophizing absolutely everything, like overthinking absolutely everything. I couldn't get out of my own head and I think part of the reason was, like, it was a Monday. So, like, I normally would be having a really productive day. And I felt guilt from that. But also, I should have got out of my house. Like, I wasn't even... Like, the only reason I wasn't really getting out was because I felt so low. But what I needed in that moment was to go out, to go see a friend, to go make plans. But I was, instead, I was literally sat here in my own head. I honestly went to bed early because I was like, this day just needs to end. Like, it was honestly one of those. I... I woke up this morning like, what was that? And it was so interesting because I felt like how I felt way back. I mean, if you've listened like to the earlier podcast, like way back in January, February, when I was having such a rough time mental health-wise, I felt like that. And I think it just showed me, oh my God, I was having every day like that. And now I have one day and I'm like, oh, I can't. But it it puts it in perspective and it like made me realize I guess how far I've actually come because whereas that was one blip and it was the worst day like in months that I can remember it used to be my every day and I think I I just made me realize like oh my god I'm so much like happier in myself like although I had that blip like it's never like self-love, healing, all of that. It's never going to be a linear process and you are going to have your little blips, but I think you actually, like I now come out stronger. Now I've been through that when I go through, if I go through on those like blips of the day again, I've now learned, okay, need to get out of the house, need to make plans, that sort of thing. Like you learn from the situation and also, I feel like I will now be able to be like, look, live your hungover, like dream of that day you had. And then you woke up the next day and you were absolutely fine. So I think that really, really helped me masses. And yeah, just like, although it was a little blip, it makes you realize just how far you have come. So that was like a negative turned into a positive, I guess. But anyway, enough about me. This episode is about you guys answering your dilemmas, giving my advice. Obviously, this is my opinion, like from my own life experiences, and everyone's like opinions will differ. But I always, I always love listening to these style of episodes whenever like other people do them. So I thought it'd be quite fun. We have quite a lot of like Dating questions, quite a lot of questions on like recovery, food guilt, body image, all of that, and things such as overthinking and everything like that. And it's going to be ironic because sometimes I'm reading through your questions and I'm like, God, I struggle with this stuff too. But one thing actually I've started doing is I've started to. I saw it on TikTok and I've started to do it. When I'm feeling low, so for example yesterday, what I did, I got out photo booth on my computer, recorded myself and spoke to myself. I spoke out every single emotion I was feeling and I then spoke to myself like a friend. And I think I did that journaling. It was like journaling, but like I then rewatched it and it made me feel so much more comforted and better because it's as if like the words I was needing to hear that I was actually giving to myself on the screen Hearing them, it's like as if a friend or someone is telling you them, so yeah, so that was really helpful and something I really recommend. But without further ado, I'm going to come on to your questions, okay? So the first one I got, um, that was, Have I Got Tea for You? I fancy my coach who is seeing someone, so obviously, I instantly message this gonna be like, okay, I need, I need more backstory to this. So she's seeing this coach and she, they kind of like, she coached him and she does his work or something. They have some agreement. And anyway, he kept it from, her, it seemed, I don't want to get it wrong, but that he was seeing someone, but it's only come up like later down the line and um all this stuff. Um, my advice here is, you know, they're seeing someone, you got to be like, okay, got to turn those feelings off. And it can be really hard, but I sometimes think it's easier finding that stuff out. Cause you're like, it kind of shuts down any hope and being, doing the good thing is just being like, right, he's, he's a taken man. I will like leave him to do that. But you know, you can still be friends with him. But what I find weird, what I find weird is that you only find this out like a few months down the line. Cause you know, you know, normally like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. When I'm in a situation with a boy and if I'm like getting that, they're sort of getting that vibe off of them that that they're thinking it might be something I will always, always like bring my boyfriend into the conversation. So I'll be like, um, Oh yeah. Like, me and my boyfriend are doing this or like me and my boyfriend are doing that or like, or I will, or even if I wasn't with my boyfriend but I was seeing someone I'll be like, and I was trying to like communicate to that person that I'm taking, I'll be like, what I always say is I always will go to them for like dating advice. I always think that's such like a friend zone move. (laughs) That's horrible. But like, that is how you say, you kind of imply like, look, this isn't, this isn't anything like I'm actually seeing someone is like, you'd be like, oh yeah, like this guy I'm seeing, he blah, 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 blah. You know, that's what I find weird from this guy. But hey ho, you got to leave him, leave him, Um, see what happens there. But you know, there will be someone else there. If he's with someone, the universe does not want you to be with him or who knows later down the line. But at the moment, you just got to friends own the shit out of him. But yeah, that is my advice there. Um, ooh, okay. I thought this was quite an interesting one and we'll, like, you know, a lot of recovery people will probably relate. Um. So someone said extreme hunger and mental hunger whilst overshooting your weight. So my advice here, okay, when you go through recovery, you will. Mental hunger is when you're like always thinking about food, always hungry. I had this for years and years and years. And I just thought that was like, oh, I love food. I just think about so much. No, it was literally my body It was wanting food. Hence why I was thinking about so much. It's, I think it must date back to like, I don't want to, this why I say I think, because I'm pretty sure I've had this, but it dates back to like when we were cavemen and stuff. If you're hungry, Your brain would like always, always be thinking about food so you could like go and hunt. Like, do you know what I mean? It kind of like gives you that drive to eat and find your food. So, um, but if you're experiencing this, and particularly if you're experiencing extreme hunger, I say to my clients, you have to respond to that because... If you don't respond to it, you're going to continue to struggle with it and you're not actually going to fully recover. Like you're not going to be able to fully recover because you're, you're not listening to your hunger. You're still restricting, you're still holding back. And now it might be scary if you're overshooting your like target weight because of that. But people I tell you to go and look at, Stephanie Buttermore does some amazing YouTube videos on this. And it's all about how she responded to that extreme hunger. And um she basically went all in, like fully all in, responded to that extreme hunger, responded to her mental hunger. And yes, she overshot her weight by quite a bit initially, but she continued to just listen to her hunger cues, keep going, absolutely zero restrictions. Her body settled so much and her weight redistributed, so much because yes, she hit, but she actually then experienced some insane like body recomposition, but also actual weight loss without being restrictive because her body was adjusting and adapting and getting back to normal. I mean, I just recommend her to so many of my clients because I think she is absolutely fantastic and just showing, and she does a lot behind like the science of it and everything like that. It's really interesting. So I recommend you go watch that. But that's saying, if you are experiencing extreme hunger, mental hunger, your body like is still recovering from your eating disorder or like restrictive past, you need to respond to that. And it may be really difficult, but in order to like fully recover that, like zero restrictions and all of that, you have to respond. that's why I always say like, if you have like in your weight gain journey, like a calorie goal, and then you're in recovery and you've restricted your body in the past and stuff like that and you're still hungry once you hit that goal, please, for please eat. Like, keep, do eat. Because that goal is there to make sure you eat enough. But if you're still hungry when you're hitting that goal, your body needs more food and, like, you're needing to gain. Like, being hungry is not something you should particularly be experiencing, like, a lot of the time. And that's actually... Another thing, um, another question that someone else asked me, let me get the exact question up. Are there signs that one is in a calorie deficit? Um, Like they don't want to step on a scale besides weight loss. Well, my advice here is, well, you will be experiencing hunger if you're in a deficit. That is obviously one of the symptoms. But um, I would say just take progress photos and measurements. Like, my clients and I like never weigh myself, but I will do progress photos and measurements because it's actually such a good way of seeing like muscle gain, um, fat loss, all of that. And just, you can look in the mirror, like go off, like how your clothes are fitting you, how you feel in yourself. Um, and same goes for a surplus. Like if you're feeling your jeans are a little bit tighter on your bum, it's like, great. Awesome. Like I'm gaining. Um, whereas if your jeans come a little bit back it's like, okay, uh, we're in a death set, and obviously for a lot of people, we want to gain, we want to get strong and we want to build a bum. So my goal of 2023 is I don't want to fit any of my jeans anymore. I want my butt to be that big. No, I'm joking, but I'm not joking at the same time. But yeah, I think those are like quite good indicators of that there. Okay, another little relationship question. Now, this one's on long-distance relationship. He lives in England. I live in Sweden. I like him. Is it worth the complicated distance? Hmm. Okay, you're in a tricky one. Whoa, that's my phone. This is a bit of a tricky situation. I mean, I personally think, first up, like, how old are you? Because I think age does come into it. And I think if you're younger, it can be like a fun little thing. But if he's going to be living in Sweden like forever and you're going to be living in England forever, then I'll be, I'll go, I'd still can pursue it. I'll go into it with a bit of a like a lighthearted approach. However, if you're older, I think you start to think a bit more seriously and think of like future plans and stuff like that. But what I will say is I think if you like someone... There's no harm in giving it a go. And also you'll get the experience from it. And, you know, if it doesn't work and if it doesn't go well, you've learned that you as a person, because I think it varies so much person to person, you as a person can't do long distance like that. And then you now have that in like your dating head. So like, you now know what you want and you've like filed out people that are long distance or, you know, like, not to go in too deep to that sort of thing, but I genuinely think, like, if you really, really like someone, you're not going to be with anyone else, or, oh, sorry, you're not going to want to be with anyone else, so you may as well give it a crack, like, I genuinely, like, think if I love someone, and also if, like, you're in a relationship with them as well, that is a whole other story, like, if my boyfriend's like, I'm gonna (laughs) live in Sweden, I'll be like, I want to come with you, but I also would be like, okay, let's try and make it work. Like, let's give it a shot because I'm not going to want to be seeing anyone else because I'm, I still have like such strong feelings for you. So if you're in that sort of position where like the feelings are that strong that you're not really wanting to get with anyone else, or if you feel something really special with them, like a really, really special connection with them, why not give it a go? And even so, even if the feelings aren't that strong, then great, you're not that deep into it. And you can just have a little bit of fun, go on a trip to Sweden, go have fun with him, but keep your, it keeps your options open. So that's sort of my approach. I guess my, my advice there is go for it because either way you'll learn from the situation or you're gonna end up happily ever after. So I always just say, why not? And if he seems like a good guy and you have a strong connection and that like spark is there, then yeah, do it. Okay. I've had one girl asking how to get over really bad gym anxiety. She has a gym membership, but hasn't been to the gym. I, from my clients and everything, I get so many questions on gym anxiety. And I think it's so weird that like, because I'm so like obviously confident in the gym honestly like way too confident I could do the weirdest thing in the gym and I really wouldn't care because I think I initially experienced gym anxiety and the thing is you have to remind yourself is that like everyone has started in the position that you are everyone knows what it's like to walk into a gym and have no idea like where the equipment is you feel like anxious like people are looking at you So my advice genuinely is, remember, everyone in that gym has started somewhere. And also, you have to remember, like, people are going to the gym to work on themselves, to better themselves. They're not going in there to judge other people or look what other people are doing. People in the gym are so, like, absorbed in their own workout, what they're doing, etc. They're not going to be looking at you. And I think when you're in that, like, overthinking, anxious cycle, you can be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, they're looking at me. I'm doing something wrong but no, I trust you they are not. But also like the personal trainers and stuff, like the people wandering around the gym, ask for their help. Like I genuinely, if someone even asked me for help, of course I'd be more than willing to help them. And that is how you learn. But also I got an online coach, like in my own journey, guys sign up through the link of my Instagram. Um, But I had an online coach. I went in with a plan. She was checking my form videos I was sending over. So each time I was going in, I was getting more and more confident because I had her being like, yeah, you're doing the right thing or like just tweak this. And it made me feel so much better. Another thing as well, I think, is like going in, something that you feel super comfortable in so you're not also having to worry about how you look. Like if that's like a baggy tee and some leggings, absolutely go for it. Like no one is judging put together a gym playlist, like motivate you like a boss ass gym playlist, go in with a little plan, whether that be you have an online coach or you've downloaded like a little app, or you've even made up your workouts yourself, you're following some off Instagram, go in with some kind of plan. And so you know what like machines and equipment you're using. Remember everyone is so fixated on themselves and everyone has started exactly where you are with the same anxiety. That gym girl or guy that you're looking at like, oh my God, they know their shit and they're there, like squatting like 150 kg or whatever. They started exactly where you are, exactly where you are. So really remember that and also like use the help of people of those PTs and stuff in the gym that is what they're there for they're there to help and advise and all of that stuff so go do that and honestly after your first few sessions you'll like you'll almost be familiar with it like you'll feel so much more confident it's sort of just getting over those like first couple and then you're like right I back myself like I feel good but yeah okay I got one saying how to make a move on a guy i'm an extrovert but when i have a crush i'm like melting smiley face okay i actually think that is me like okay when i i'm such like an extroverted person like really confident and stuff like that as soon as i like like a guy like 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 them I'm I'm avoidant. Like I will try and convince them that I don't like them through my actions. Like, I will probably they'll probably think I'm mad at them or I'm off with them or I'm just really quiet. But I'm like I love you. <laughs> Literally, I don't know why it's such a thing, but I feel like for me, I think I've learned through my own self exploration and also the way I am in relationships. Sometimes when I feel particularly vulnerable. Or that I might like the person or, like, love them and, like, or, like, you're worried that they don't like you back but you don't want to be vulnerable. You shut off and distance. Like, I become an avoidant when I have deep feelings for someone and I'm scared of those deep feelings. So it will literally make me go, like, I'm just not even going to, like, pay attention to them. And I think it's quite hard for me because, obviously, I'm in a relationship now I can't, I almost can't remember what it was like when I like was like that. But what I will say is I used to always be like, oh yeah, like true, mean, them keen. But I think they end up thinking I literally don't like them or I'm not interested. So I feel like the older I've got, the more I've been like, okay, I'm going to embrace these feelings and express them. And I think the reason why sometimes you can go like into yourself, especially when you're an extrovert, is because you probably have a deep fear of rejection. I know I have, like being completely honest. And um, you're so scared that you're going to come across as keen or like anything like that. So you literally like won't say anything. Like you just won't be comfortable with them. Um, and then, you know, the guys end up liking you when you're confident and I, like when you're yourself, but when you're like that, they're probably like, oh, what have I done wrong? Like, you should really quiet. So, fully embrace yourself. What I try to do, I think the way that I've done it is like, I try and still see them as a friend, like, I always am, like, I know those feelings are there, I'm aware of them, but I almost try and, like, switch them off when I'm with them, almost, so I can act more chill and normal around them, but what I will say is, like, if you're, if you have a crush and you're wanting to make a move on them, um, and he catch the vibes of them, or even so, even if you don't, I would just say, like, oh, like, find out what he's interested in, like, is he, particularly, and I always use art as an example, I don't know why, like, or like, does he like ice skating? I don't know, it's Christmas. Or you could be like, hey, I've got like, I was going to book this. And I remember you saying you're into it or like, was just wondering if you want to come along. What I will always do, I don't know, maybe this is a bit like toxic, not being honest, but I would be like, oh, like my friend just canceled. So if you want to come along to this, I have a spare ticket or something like that. So you just get to spend like one-on-one time with them and then you can sort of see the vibe more. But also I think it's actually easier to get on with someone and be like your full self when you're one-on-one with them. Like, cause sometimes what I would find the worst, okay, like when I'll be at school and say I fancied someone and I would tell all my girlfriends I fancied them and then we would hang out in a group and it would be the worst situation. I'll be so quiet because I'll be like, they all know that I fancy this guy. And like, I'd feel like they were then looking at the way I behaved around him and I didn't want to come across too much in a certain way. So that's why I think always spending one-on-one time is really nice um, to get to know each other better. And also just check that you definitely like them as well. And yeah, I'll just say, literally treat them like a mate. Like that's what I always do is like try and treat them like a friend um, is sort of my way to go about it. So I act a bit more chill and relaxed in this situation. And also putting in my head, like if this doesn't work, if this ends, like it's not actually the end of the world, like it actually will be fine. I think like coming to terms with rejection, if you have that fear of that can be so, so beneficial. Okay. So I had quite a lot of questions on overeating and food guilt around the Christmas period. Now I'm actually going to do a whole wide plan to a whole episode on this, um, because I think really big topic, especially coming up to the festive period, more social occasions, but I want this to be drilled into your head. Okay. I used to stress out so much, so much of the Christmas period. I would say no to things or I'll go and I'll be like, I'm not easy. I'm not drinking. All I fixated on in those festive periods was food and how like I could get around eating the food, like avoid eating all the food and everything like that. It was tiring. I look back on those Christmases, I reflect, I feel sad for myself. I'm like, I wasted so much time. You have one life. You have one life that we, there is only one lifespan that we have on this earth. And then we die. I don't be, but like we do. And if you get to that old age and you look back on all your Christmases and you think, Oh my god, all I was doing was stressing about the food, stressing about what I was eating, wasn't even fully present. I even avoided some social plans. Because I know some people do this. Avoid some social plans where I could have made memories, where I could have had that one last one extra little bit of time with that one special person i could have gone to that event i could have met a person at that event who could have like changed my life or even so i could have just made memories and enjoyed all the food on offer and i didn't do that because i was too stressed about the food and all i think when i reflect on christmas period all i can think about is darkness and like feeling guilty and all of this stuff, it is time to let go of that. Time to let go of that guilt. This is, this only happens like once a year. And Christmas, I think, is such a special time. And now I think it's such a special time. Now I look forward to it. Now I cannot wait for all the Christmas food. Like on Christmas day, oh yes, I'm going to be eating as much as I can. And that's because the only way I've realized that is because I've done that and I've realized nothing bad happens. I've realized I am able to fully go and make those memories, enjoy all the mince pies, enjoy all the Christmas dinners, all the chocolates. I've stuffed myself full to the brim and nothing has changed. Like even if your body does change, it will settle because you'll then go back to your regular eating after the festive period and your body will adjust to that. But I am telling you, it is not enough to stress over. Like it is not enough time to be out of eating. Like your your body isn't going to change. And even if it did by about 0.1%, and often that is just water retention from the extra food and alcohol. Even if it did, you made those memories. And wouldn't you rather be like half kilo, kilo heavier in your overall life, but you're able to go and enjoy all of that. Like bodies have a range. Like we're not meant to stay at the same weight, like day in, day out. Like it will fluctuate by like one to two kg up and down, like upwards and downwards of that spectrum. Sometimes you'll be under that spectrum. Sometimes you'll be over. But if we accept that range, if we accept that our body can sit within that range and we are able to live our life to the full within that, then I think it is so, so worth it because no one realizes like no one is able to tell the difference between one kg difference. Like it is so minuscule. And you have to remember is it will be so much more in your head because when you're feeling that guilt, you're going to be reflecting negatively on your body and you will be more hypercritical of it. And even though like, even if your body hasn't changed, you, like, may see, think it's changed, like, because body dysmorphia, works like that, but really, really remind yourself of this, like, I'm making memories, like, honestly, that is the most important thing, so go enjoy all the food, go enjoy all the alcohol, drink your water when you're drinking the alcohol, and you're all good. Okay, last one, I got one on, um, how to not like overthink advice you're giving people. And I think this is, I'm going to do a whole episode actually on i I've decided this now because I think it's almost like overthinking advice you give to people, overthinking things you've said to people. I am the worst for it. Like I literally, this was me yesterday, looking at every single tiny little thing I've ever done like in the past like month. Oh my God, I could have done this differently. I could have done that differently. I think the thing is, do not overthink it. Like what you've said has been said and they can take or leave that advice, but you have spoken. And this is like what I always think, like when I overthink the way I've behaved in certain situations or like if I've spoken up about something that's upset me and then I reflect back on it, like why did I speak up? That was coming from me. Like that is my advice or like that was a feeling that I was feeling at the time and that is me being authentic to myself by speaking up about that or thinking like this is my advice on the right thing to do you can take it or leave it but that is me and I will not change my advice to for it to be what you want to hear or I will not change the way I approach a situation just to appease you because that then isn't staying true to me and actually the more true I've stayed to myself the more I've been able to shut down that overthinking cycle because I just go, of course I should have spoken out about that because it upset me. And I can't pretend everything's okay because if I'm pretending everything's okay, then I'm not being true to myself. And then as soon as I think that, like I'm like, no, I went with my feeling, I went with my gut. That is me. Like that is me. I'm not trying to please anyone or tell people what they want to hear that is just me saying authentic so that's what I sort of do to like automatically just shut down that overthinking cycle and it's sometimes easier said than done the more and more you practice I think the more and more you actually speak out and like you don't overthink things you say you just say them that is when you are actually able to shut down that overthinking cycle more because you've just stayed true to you Anyway, I did have quite a few questions, quite a few more on, like, recovery and stuff. But I feel like those deserve topics in themselves and podcasts in themselves. But I just want to say I really enjoyed doing this episode with you guys. If I didn't answer your question, please, like, when I do the next one of these, shoot me a question or the same question in that question box because I will eventually answer it. And I want to make these a bit more of a regular thing because... I love them. I love chatting with you guys. I love finding out more about you guys. And yeah, I have some fun podcast plans, and especially we'll be addressing more on food guilt and stuff coming up. But this week, I have such a fun week ahead. I cannot wait. Like, honestly, my social calendar is filled to the brim. I have Fred again tomorrow. Thursday, I think I'm out for drinks. Friday, I've got dinner out. Saturday, I've got a football match, and I think I've got a party around that. Sunday, I'm going back home to do decorations at my house, get the tree, all of that. Then Monday, we're into Bista. Tuesday, my boyfriend's on holiday from work that whole week, so we'll be spending some time together. And yeah, it's just a crazy, crazy time with Christmas and everything coming up, but I just fully embrace it. I make sure I do have my nights in here and there. And when I do, I make sure, you know, I don't go my fit. It's like, I just read or I do some journaling or something like that to really just get my thoughts out. Because when it's so busy, I find it's harder to like process and feel your like feelings and emotions. And sometimes they can all just hit you on that night. in. so get your words down on paper, express your thoughts, express your thoughts and feelings on Photo Booth on your Apple Mac, like what I've been doing recently. Uh, but yeah, sending loads of love. Hope you will have a fantastic week and speak soon.